I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 65, what you know about ab exercises is a lie. In this episode, I am really excited to talk about this topic because so many times when I see ads or fitness influencers or exercises pop up on Pinterest, a lot of these exercises or these ab or core exercises that are being taught, there is no research to support them. In fact, some of their methods or reasoning can actually make your diastasis worse. And even, <laughs> One of the more most frustrating parts here is that even if you were to, and I'm using air quotes here if you're listening to the podcast, if you got better or healed your diastasis, you may feel as though you've made progress in the meantime, but down the road, other issues will pop up that you may not even know are related to how you were doing your exercises. So let me talk you through about some of these lies that maybe you're being told without realizing it. And the other thing I'll add here as well is that I'm not mad, I'm not frustrated at anyone who is teaching you these things. I just think that there is a larger knowledge base, a larger experience base that we should be pulling from when we're considering diastasis recti, especially after having a baby because there are so many moving parts. There's so many considerations that are often forgotten in the programming, in the logic, and in the rationale that a lot of fitness influencers, they just don't know that, that, there, that there are these options and considerations. And the other thing that I'll say here too is there typically, I could be wrong, somebody, somebody could have a very extensive knowledge base about anatomy, but oftentimes when I'm looking at some of their content or I have patients or coaching clients or potential clients asking me questions and showing me, well, so-and-so is teaching me this, what do you think? I can tell that there's not a large amount of anatomical knowledge because the way they're explaining it just really, it's like they've forgotten that there's, that the rectus abdominis muscle is a lot longer than probably what maybe they think it is, or maybe they don't know the origins and attachments. And what I mean by that is I actually had a patient come in the other day and she had said, yeah, I have a, I think it was a half finger, fingers width dia uh, diastasis recti at my belly button. That's what she said. And I said, oh, okay, because she was doing someone's program. And I said, okay, did you, did you check above your belly button around your ribs and down at your pubic bone? And she said, well, no, 
I don't need to. And I said, oh, okay. And I was, I was just kind of confused by that. And so when I checked, I said, well, do you mind if I check? Because our rectus abdominis, it attaches underneath our rib cage and it goes all the way down to our pubic bone, which means that entire length, that entire distance, that entire area, there could be diastasis. And interestingly enough, she had diastasis in other areas besides her belly button. And I felt like I was raining on her parade and I didn't want to, but also I have to tell her the truth. I have to. And that's why I am wanting to tell you the truth because I think it's important that you know the truth and then you get to decide from there how you proceed. And so when you're checking for diastasis, it's not always at your belly button. It can be all the way up to underneath your rib cage and it can go all the way down to the bottom. Now, let's get on to those ab exercises that are a lie. Now, a lot of, of women and professionals, they might teach you that you need to do TVA breathing or engage your deep core, or the only way to heal from diastasis is to work on your deep core, and that's how they healed their diastasis. But what they found was when you look at the research, they did an ultrasound on women with diastasis and they were able to measure. So this ultrasound showed the gap or the, um, the, inter, the, the distance in between either side of that rectus muscle from the right to the left. And they would have someone do TVA breathing and what they would find, and this was assuming that they were doing TVA breathing. An absolute side note, it is really tough to teach TVA breathing in general, and it's even easier, but it's really not that easy, to teach someone to do TVA breathing in person. In fact, teaching someone to do TVA breathing, in my opinion, should be done in the clinic, should be done one-on-one, -on -one, should be done in person. So if you're trying to learn how to do this online, chances are you probably are not doing it correctly because it is a very difficult task. But what I'll also add, and you'll see this here in a moment, that when you're doing that TVA breathing, whether you're doing it correctly or not, it actually makes the diastasis or the gap bigger in that moment. So in this study, and there's lots of them, they were able to show that when that TVA muscle on the very bottom contracted, the gap on top got bigger. Makes sense, right? And if it doesn't, I want you to think of a balloon. If you squeeze the bottom of a balloon, what is going to happen? Is the top of that balloon going to blow up and get bigger or the diameter get bigger? Yes, of course, because you're not allowing those muscles to come back together. And this is where a lot of people get really heated about. And I think it's important to know that getting those tummy muscles back together I don't think that should be the biggest goal. So one of the lies is that when you do that TVA breathing, that that is going to help you close that gap. It's not going to. So when you're doing exercises and you're trying to do that TVA breathing prior to that core exercise or that ab exercise, you're not actually making a big of a difference as you think you are. In fact, that's not, you're potentially making I say potentially, trying to be kind, 
you, you are making that gap worse, more than likely. Even if you're doing the transverse abdominis or TVA breathing or engagement correctly, you are making that gap bigger. So I would get rid of that in your core exercises. The next piece I want you to know about ab exercises and core exercises is that when you are doing core exercises on the ground with your back, a lot of times you'll get co coached that your back needs to be flat. My question to you though is, is your back flat when you're standing? No, we all have a little bit of an arch in our low back. So we're now putting our muscles and our posture in a different position laying down than what we are standing up. And many reasons that someone might want to fix their diastasis because they're blaming their back pain on their diastasis, which sometimes can be true, sometimes it's not always true, if you're strengthening your core and your back and you're now in a position that you, like if you're on your back, you aren't having back pain when you're on your back, but you're strengthening your muscles in a different position and a different posture than what you are standing. Are you really making a difference in your back pain or your posture because you just have changed it? You can see why this is where I have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns. I don't think this is the best way. So think of it like, okay, well, I am, I really want to work on um, me writing, right? Like I, I'm thinking about this. I'm working with my little one right now on her writing skills. And if I had her hold the pencil a different way in order to get better at writing, when it's time for her to actually write the pencils with the, or write her letters with the pencil the proper way, is there going to be carryover there? No, because I'm asking her to do this task in a totally different manner than how it really counts. And that's the same premise here with these core exercises that we're doing on our back when we are having to tilt our pelvis or trying to make our back flat on the floor. Or another phrase I'll hear is keep your back flat on the floor no matter what. Well, I think it's, again, it's important to realize that our core is a lot smarter than we are and we need to give it opportunities to work how it needs to without us interfering. Now, the last piece of the lie that I want to talk about today is the plank. <laughs> And I bring this up because like I shared, if you're trying to get your core strong on your back with your back, fl back flat and trying to maintain that position, even though that's not the position that your back is in or your pelvis is in or your core muscles are in when you're up walking around, bending over, doing laundry, unloading the Costco cart, the same principle applies here. I don't love the stationary plank for a lot of different reasons. Number one, while yes, it is a challenging core exercise, I feel like there are a lot of other exercises to give you a lot more bang for your buck. You'll hear me say from time to time, there is no such thing as a bad exercise, just a bad reason for doing that exercise. And so oftentimes women are scared of doing planks because of their diastasis 
or they're told to do planks because that's what it said in women's health or cosmopolitan or somebody that they follow on Instagram that has the abs they want, which abs are made in the kitchen, by the way, like, please let me be very clear about that. That's another lie that I feel like a lot of people have duped you on. Your diet is where that's going to come from the, the visible aesthetic abs, but you, you doing a stationary plank, I just feel like very much like kegels, you're not giving your body the oomph that it needs. So let me ask you this, when in your day or even in your life, are you pushing against something with your hands, right? Like when your hands are on the floor and then like pushing with your feet or your toes. The only time in my life and I grew up on horse property and we had to do a lot of manual labor. We have rental properties and we do a lot of the work ourselves. I have done a lot of manual labor. The only time in my life that I have ever done that was when I was pushing a refrigerator back into the slot that it was after I cleaned out from underneath of it. And if you're anything like me, how many times in your life are you pulling out the refrigerator and cleaning it out behind it? <laughs> I probably should tell you that it's not very much. And I, while I think the plank is a way to strengthen your core, I think there's other ways. Here's what we do know about the core. Anytime our arms move, anytime our legs move, our core turns on. I actually do love the plank, but I prefer a dynamic plank where arms are moving, legs are moving. And my most favorite one that I love to share is I call it twister plank. So whether or not you have the twister mat, I often recommend not to use it because I think, um, I just noticed it kind of messes with my patients and my online coaching clients, messes with their brains a little bit. But imagine yourself that you're on a twister mat and I want you to be as obnoxious as you can be without um, having to hold your breath or work too hard. So your right arm might move all the way out to the side and the left might move underneath towards your belly button and then maybe you move your right knee closer to your left hand and then your left foot way out to the side, almost opposite as a diagonal from your right leg and you move it all over the place. You can come back to the starting position every time. You could just move your right hand one place and then bring it back and then do your left hand bring it back, your right leg, bring it back, or you can just move your arms a little bit and then bring it back. There's so many different varieties and variations that you can do here. But the beautiful thing about it is it's now working your core in all three planes of motion. Another lie, if you will, is that do you can get your core strong just on your back. That's one plane of motion, but we're 3D people living in a 3D world and we move in all three planes. So we should be strengthening our core in all three planes. And so if you're doing twister plank, you are getting that core in all three planes because of the different obnoxious positions you're gonna put yourself in. And if you can't quite do a plank on the floor, you can still do twister plank, might I add. You could do it off the table where your elbows are on the edge of the table or edge of the counter and your feet are out and now your body's at an incline. It's at an, maybe we call it twister incline plank. And even if you're not strong enough, let's say you're very fresh postpartum, maybe you do a plank off the wall and it's not that hard, but you're just moving your arms and you're breathing comfortably. That's the other thing I'll add is keep breathing comfortably. That's really going to set you up to get that core moving. Now, if you are having questions and if you are confused by any of this, I want to offer you a couple of solutions. First, 
please join my group, No Kegels University Sorority, where I go live once a month on a topic and we work on that topic or that theme all month long with pieces of homework and exercises related to that topic. You can also fill out a Your Pelvic Floor or Core's Next Step form where I will send you immediately back some strategies for you to start working on right away. And if you are interested in diving further into diastasis recti and strengthening your core and rehabbing your core after having baby, then please take a look at my program inside No Kegels University, Diastasis Recti 101, The Vital Steps to Overcoming Diastasis Recti and Getting Rid of the Mommy Pooch. And with that, remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. See you in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.